0: So today, we are here with Steven.
1: Try some of column A, have all of column B. I'm in the mood, you big nimbab. You ain't never had a friend like Muggle and Khaki's, whoa.
0: And Amanda. Hi, guys. And so let's start with, we're going to have you introduce yourself. And let's go with your house, Patronus. And favorite Harry Potter character? Oh, okay. Um, I'm Amanda.
2: Uh, You can find me at starry.i.one on Instagram. My house is Ravenclaw. My Patronus is a Tonkinese cat. And my favorite character is Luna.
1: So I want to just ignore all of that and go straight to one of my favorite memories of you, which is when we had breakfast at the Three Broomsticks at the Wizarding World of Harry Potter this past January on celebration, because I mean, for many reasons, you are a lovely human in and of yourself. Um, but that was one of the first times that I think it, not one of that had to be the first time that anyone was like, "Wait a minute, I know you because of the podcast." And I was yeah. like, what, like, what do you even mean because of the podcast? Like, honest to God, I just thought my mom and Danny and like one of my cousins listened to this thing, so that was really cool. So, I'm very curious, how did you discover this podcast?
2: I have known Brandy for a couple years, um, just through Facebook groups. And, um, so when she was on some of the first couple episodes, and um, I was like, oh, Brandy's doing to podcast, that's so cool. I've just gotten into podcast culture like in the past six months and it's been a godsend during uh, a quarantine. So um, yeah, I was just trying to find a Harry Potter podcast. I've gone through a couple um, that I was like, uh, and then when I found Creating Magic, it was very different because most of them are like book rereads. And then you guys focus on the community, which is, I think, amazing. So.
1: Yeah. I mean, look, I'm not going to sit here and say that our Harry Potter podcast is the best Harry Potter podcast out there, but you know, you intimated it. And so I'm not going to disagree with anything that you might've just said. Um, (laughs) Good God. No, to all of those people out there who run their own Harry Potter inspired podcasts, this is my disclaimer that Danny is going to make me say, but I also do genuinely feel that we know and love you and respect what everyone's doing. And it's not a competition. Although it's really a competition. (laughs) so amanda tell us tell us to steer us away from dangerous areas where i'm gonna get in trouble um tell us your harry potter story how did this series books and or movies first come into your life
2: okay so i'm different because i'm a little bit older than you guys um this all came about like when i was late um middle school and high school like when the craze picked up and i was like i'm going to college i'm playing soccer I'm taking AP classes, I don't have time for a little wizard, and then I got to college, and I had all this free time. <laughs> and um, my husband, actually, he was my boyfriend at the time, was like, you need to read this, I think you would really like it, and there's, I think a fourth movie was coming out, and he's like, we can go see the movie, he's like, but you can't see the movie until you read all the books up to that. So he made me read one, two, three, and four, and watch one, two, three, and four before we could see the fourth movie, and I was hooked instantly. So yeah, I got into it in college, and um, it actually—I so I was a more casual fan, like Harry Potter. um, You know, went through college, had gone to the Wizarding World because I am in Central Florida. Um, But then I became a mom. And I had, I was a half time stay at home mom. Um, I worked like two, three days a week. And I had all this time on my hands where I was home with an infant. And that was very isolating. So I found Harry Potter communities and a couple, um, I was in for like for a couple years and I met Brandy through one of those. So I, became more of a fan and more in the community during that time of isolation with a young child at home um, so it helped me through that time in my life and that's when I became more of a
0: community active community member and we met you through the community Um, As Stephen already said, that he met you at the Wizarding World. But we had talked prior to that and made a point. So I think you're the first person I met up with during Uncelebration. As you said before, that you have been a part of this community, and that's how we met. And I also had the pleasure of meeting said child. So how do you combine... Is he a fan, and how do yeah. you how do you bring him into the world without turning him into Harry Potter? Because you love it.
2: <laughs> um, it was an organic um, build up. We read it um, like some of the Beatles Bard stories when he was younger. Um, last year he was in he just finished first grade, so last year he was in kindergarten, and that is when. We started reading. Like I was reading uh, the first book to him. He has only watched episode or books one through three, and we've read the Sorcerer's Stone together. And he just because it's something that interests us, and I think having the Wizarding World close helps foster that because he can see how awesome the world is for himself. So he he wants to. Um, be a part of the community and be, you know, watch the book. <laughs> Sorry, watch the movies, read the books. Uh, he likes to dress up. He is often in his wizarding robe with a wand, running around the house. Um, he plays wizards unite with us. So he's, you know, feeding werewolves and all the other things.
0: Has he dressed up as Draco before? He
2: has, and there is a picture on my Instagram.
0: Good. I just know he has that beautiful blonde hair. (laughs) Yes,
2: he totally got into character. He was not mad at me for taking the picture. He wanted to be like me and Draco. He's uh, innocent of the book and, you know, only being exposed to one through three. It's cute. You know, he thinks Draco's the bad guy and it's very, you know, black and white, good versus evil, so fun going through
1: that with him you you said before that you were at least you started out right as more of a casual fan to use what I think your words were right yes so I guess maybe a two-part question it might be just one question I don't know I haven't really thought through it yet but how what was it about Harry Potter that drew you in slash how did you go from being a casual fan to someone who I'd argue is definitely one of the more like vocal engaged kind of active people in the community
2: I think it was the um so I built a small community in one of the Harry Potter groups that I'm in um and nobody is really active on the, the current Pottergram now um but feeling that Community. I, you know, messaged two or three people every day. Um, they were both moms and going through the same thing I was. And even though we were states apart, it was still great to have somebody that could commiserate. Like, oh my gosh, he's not taking a nap, and you know, he's screaming, and I'm just going to put on Harry Potter, and that'd be the end of it, you know. Um, so having that community in one way. Um, it was just that's I mean when you have that community you don't ever want to not have that community so when that kind of organically fell apart and I got more active on Instagram um, finding the, the new community that I'm in now has been amazing there so are people I talk to every day or you know several times a week and it's a creative outlet because um, I am a photographer and I was a wedding and event portrait photographer for about five years and a combination of um, burnout and anxiety and you know being a mother and trying to juggle a small business on top of all that um, my I closed my business last year, and now I have uh, used Harry Potter as my creative outlet. I create things and design pictures and All the things all the beautiful aesthetic things i like to share it's been a great creative outlet
0: so we had talked um one of the reasons and prior to us posting that we had you on a list to reach out to but we have noticed that a lot of people just because of what's going on right now and just the world in general and quarantine is that there are a lot of people going through burnout and you just had expressed a passion to join us in that discussion. And I know a lot of that revolves around your photography business and your choice to close it, to close it at the time just because of a lot of creative burnout. What do you think like, and we've, we've just seen like a lot of people and even people on Instagram taking time away from it just to kind of mentally recharge. So can you speak to any of that, just because you really did seem to be interested in that side of it since you have gone through it prior to all of this?
2: Yes, I, um, I actually got to a point with my photography where I would only pick up the camera if I had a job, and that broke my heart because I loved it so much. So I had to figure out a way that I could make it fun again um, and do something for me. Um, So I had to really evaluate why I was taking pictures for what reason was it going to be something that makes me happy or was it just I wanted to um, you know was it for the gram was it for me was it because I felt like I had an obligation to do this Um, so it it was a lot of soul searching um, to, to kind of get to the place where why why am I doing this so Um, For my photography business, um, it was several months of talking to friends and, um, you know, family, my husband, making the decision um, to close it. And I'm not saying you should close your Instagram. I'm just saying this, you know, this is my experience. But um, I kind of took some time away during that. And it does help. The recharge helps for sure. Um, so I think, um, you have to just kind of have a full search moment as to what your intentions are and, you know, what are you doing the Instagram for the, you know, are you doing it for you? Um, and if you need to take a break, that's fine. Um, I had some tips that I wanted to talk about of ways to kind of maximize, um, content and stuff. Do you want me to get
0: into that? Yeah, definitely. Let's, um, before we get into tips, and this might go along with it, what do you think, and Stephen, if you would like to chime in here, are like signs that people can watch out for? Because I know sometimes you get to the point where you're burnout, but you didn't realize you were getting to that point. You just kind of kept pushing, and then all of a sudden you kind of hit that wall. Do you have any advice or thoughts on what type of signs people can look for that maybe they can catch themselves and take that break before they hit that wall where they feel like, I just need to completely step back, reevaluate everything, that maybe there's some warning signs or red flags that people can catch? And if not, that's okay. Okay.
2: Uh, for me, I was definitely like I mentioned, I would dread picking up my camera. And so I think if you kind of have that oh, I need to get a photo up today, if you're having those kind of thoughts or no, I need to get a video up today, or oh I thought I was gonna vlog today vlog or vlog today, if you if you kind of have a oh, it feels more like a chore kind of moment, then you need to Uh, start, you have to be really
1: self-aware, I think. Yeah, I think, look, I, I, I certainly would not profess to be an expert in any form of, of mental or emotional wellness. And please, 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 God, take an educated person's uh, perspective and advice over whatever I'm about to say. Um, I think a lot of it is certainly individualistic and unique, right? I think what, right, like how I cope with stress is inherently different than how, Danny, you cope with stress, but the man how you cope with stress and how anyone listening, right, be it my mom, my cousin, or, or whoever else is listening, right? Um, I think we all, you know, react differently and, and deal differently and engage differently. So you know, that all being said, every caveat in the book being said, I think for me, one of the big things I always, when I'm, when I'm realizing that I'm hitting a wall is a couple of different things from a content creation perspective, I keep trying to lay out photos. Like I keep trying to lay out things and like, I keep getting pissed off. That's when I need to step away. If it's for a couple hours, if it's for a day, whatever. Right. I'm like, okay, look, this is not working. None of my 1600 followers are going to lose sleep. If I don't post a photo tomorrow, I'll come back tomorrow. We'll try this again tomorrow um and i think just generally speaking from in from a social media instagram perspective when i you know it's almost kind of like tunnel vision right uh, if i get on instagram and i spend 20 minutes and i realize i don't remember a single thing i looked at because i was just like mindlessly scrolling that's when i'm like okay look just just hit the brakes right go do something else because look people use instagram for a whole different host of reasons and purposes and, and intentions but you know if I'm trying to consume people's art, people's crafts, people's photos, people's collections, whatever, and I can't and my mind is just glazed over looking through like a hundred photos and I don't know what I just looked at, that's when I'm like, all right, it's time for me to to take a step back and just just breathe right um, so yeah that look those are two again very simplistic things that I would say that that I feel in my life.
0: What about you, Amanda? What are some of the tips that you have for people? Um, I try to maximize my time for,
2: um, when I'm taking a picture, like Steven said, when, if he's getting, um, angry with trying to create a picture and stuff, I will, um, when I have like a little set going, um, I will take several pictures. I will try to do series. I'll have, um, a bunch of stuff with me that I can... You know rearrange or rework and i try to get like four or five usable shots so i could recycle i guess Um, the same so like if you know steven loves his um, hufflepuff uh, look on his instagram Um, you know if he sets it up several different ways and he's having a day where he's like ah he can look back in his photos and be like, oh yeah, I took this like, you know, this way and I added this to it. No, I can post this picture. So I try to have like a backlog of stuff um, on hand um, for content. So oh, I, you know, if I notice I haven't posted um, in several days and I want to post something, but I'm struggling, then I'll have that um, backlog of content or I will post. Like a picture I took at the park and say, Oh, I wish I was at the park today, or Butterbeard Dreaming, or you know, so you can, there's things you can do so you don't have to feel like you have to put out new content each time yeah. you post.
1: Yeah, and I look, I think we're a little scattershot here, um, but I want to jump back to something you'd said earlier, which I think is really critical, which is finding your own purpose right and really trying to define whatever it is you're trying to get out of what i'll kindly call the instagram experience um whatever you're doing it for you being one of our thousands of listeners that's great own it love it do it i mean don't be doing like neo-nazi shit but like so long as it's like a social good right so long as it's not something that is you know bad um, that's how we'll define that. Um, you know, whatever your purpose is 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 uniquely yours, right? I don't look the, the shit I post. It's just stuff that I like. I don't. I know there's a lot of other people out there who are a lot more organized and disciplined and have beautiful kind of aesthetic and it's consistent and they're driving for higher levels of engagement and blah 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 blah. But look, I just. Don't have a girlfriend, don't have a wife, don't have kids, so I got disposable income, so I buy Harry Potter shit, and I like putting it on Instagram. That's really all it comes down to, um, and that's great for me. I'm, I sleep easy at night. Like I, I think one of the things that I think has been simultaneously really healthy, but also really somewhat tiresome in the in the community recently has been, and Amanda, I know you've been part of the healthy side of this, has been talking more about mental health and wellness, and really trying to incorporate your yourself, right? Self in quotation marks into your Instagram. And I think that's really great. And, and yeah, I look, whatever, you know, I'm rambling at this point, but I think it's really important to say like, whatever your vibe is on Instagram, again, as long as it's not neo-Nazi stuff, we all like neo-Nazi stuff, please don't be doing that. This is a, this is an anti-neo-Nazi podcast, um, you know, be you, do you, if you want to post photos that are beautiful and perfect and you spent hours creating great go for it we'll love it if you want to post just random shit that you have sitting in a box in the corner of your room great post that I may not love it as much but I'll love it um you know it I I, I think it's what, what I'm really trying to get to here Amanda is I, I think it's been really cool how at least from my perspective and I think a lot of our perspectives you have kind of been on the forefront of within the at least the Harry Potter community we exist in um, this movement to be a lot more transparent about about tying your emotions and kind of your 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 honest truth into into the content you're putting out there, good, bad, or otherwise, and I, I found that really admirable.
2: Oh, thank you. Um, that was that's probably something that also drew uh, drill drew, drew me to the Harry Potter community was the activism side with groups like the HP and stuff like that. I'm part of the. Um, Central Florida Flood Club here, and they have a, an alliance chapter. Um, and so, bringing that activism um, personally, it's something that I've um, struggled with for the past, I don't know, about year or so. I want to use my voice, what little voice I have, for something. I want it to mean something. And I don't know if that's like hashtag Ravenclaw Life or, um, you know, because. I am a creator. I used to give people their beautiful wedding photos and now I don't have that. I don't know where it came, came from, but, um, so I, I love animals. Um, I looked at, you know, different, you know, animal organizations and, you know, Ivana Lynch and, um, her activism. And when pandemic hit, um, I've already noticed it in my son, but he, Um, is having tendencies towards anxiety. Um, He can't spend the night away right now. He does not want to be away from us because of everything. And it's at his grandparents' house too. He spends the night there, you know, pre-COVID all the time. Um, And so that really opened my eyes about the struggle right now. And kids are feeling it. And I'm seeing it, you know, Happened live in front of me. So I was like, okay, this is, this is where I need to put my voice to the anxiety and the greater mental health of um, everyone right now. And it's okay to not be okay. And it is a really hard time. People are struggling. Um, and I want everyone to know that when it's safe to hug you again, I'll give you a big old hug. I'll give you that mom hug.
0: And... I think that's something that's very important to be able to address. And it's, it's nice to see, and I don't know if nice is the right word, people speaking out about it because that's allowing other people to be okay that they're not okay. Cause sometimes like, I think naturally certain personality types and like, I'm one of them is that when I'm not okay, I don't want to burden other people with that. But having other people step up and say, "This is what I'm going through," allows other people to be like, "I'm not the only one," you know. And even when it's a child, I have a friend whose son has severe anxiety, and he speaks about it all the time. And that to know that it's it's not just adults, it's not just kids. It, anxiety does not have an age bracket. And mental health does not have an age bracket and everyone can relate to it in some shape or form. But with it being more vocal, I think people are starting to be more comfortable and open about it that when they need to, it opens up for a space for people to reach out and that it's okay and that they aren't a burden when that happens. Exactly.
2: I think also because With Instagram, it's been, you know, the pretty social media. It has been the escapist, I'm going to post my beautiful food and my beautiful lettering and Mm -hmm. my, um, you know,
0: beautiful content.
2: Yes. So it has this perception that, you know, it's all sunshine and butterflies and everybody is living this amazing life. And um It got real, real quick um, with George Floyd on Instagram, and I think people began began to see that oh, we can use this platform for social justice. It doesn't um, doesn't just have to be the the pretty picture um, social media, and um, I think that has helped because a lot of people have comfortable um, being real and sharing real stuff and um, not that you know it was a horrible awful tragedy but that people used it as a movement helped other people see that we can be real on this platform as well and that yeah, has been eye-opening.
0: Yeah I also think it's made way for instagram to also becoming a learning experience and like steven posts regularly just information that is there to inform people and with a platform like instagram it allows you to post things that are snippets where you can understand the whole story without necessarily having to like deep dive you know you can get a you can put your toes in the water to then go find out more information. And I think it's just allowed a lot of people to learn more and to be more open about things that are going on and being more real in a way.
2: Yeah,
0: for sure.
1: I mean, you skipped over a million Harry Potter questions. I'm just waiting to get back to here. I feel like one of those people on Brandy's Facebook that's like, I came here for Simply Potter, and this is not Simply Potter. Uh, I just want to talk about her favorite book and least favorite book and why Michael Gambon is awful. So, would you, would you like to start those questions? All right. Well, Amanda, what's your favorite book and least favorite book and why? No, I'm just kidding. Um, before we do get to that, I know you did mention, Amanda, you had your list of tips and, and, and kind of watch outs or however however we want to define those. So the floor is yours.
2: Um, I did talk about some of them, though, like kind of creating multiple shots when you're doing one, you know, posting old content, like if you have park photos. Um, but another thing I wanted to uh, mention with helping uh, with creative burnout is maybe switching hobbies or trying something new. So um, if you're feeling creative burnout with like posting pictures on Instagram, why not try knitting or crochet or you know mix it up a little bit um,
1: if and by, also, If by crochet you mean crotcheting, i I'm on board. <laughs> That's a callback to talk. some Creating Magic episode, and I don't remember which, but this is my a great kind of easy, easy little slide in to mention. To all the listeners, if you don't recall, like I don't, which episode I mentioned crotcheting instead of crocheting, uh, please go back and subscribe to Creating Magic and listen from episode one onward.
0: This is how he hurts my soul.
1: <laughs> hey, I'm just trying to get people to subscribe to the pod. Crotcheting, crocheting, don't matter to me. You call whatever you want as long as you listen.
2: Oh, yeah. So on that note, switching it up helps. And um, I did want to mention real quick, I had a conversation with Alex um, at the Preppy Witch. Did I get her tag right? Yes, you did. Okay. Um, uh, She posted about um, creating for yourself and not like turning it into a side hustle. So you know, people who do crochet. I know a lot of times they're like, "Oh my gosh, you could sell that on Etsy," and um, it is perfectly okay to say, "No, I'm good. I'm just doing this for me." Um, so don't kind of fall into the capitalist like you can turn it into your side hustle. Because I mean, yes, some people have that you know, folder and drive and ambition. And um, I just recently listening, listened to the um, Amy and Ayana podcast and. They're talking about um, the big fat lanyards and you know, she she has that drive, she made it work, but that's not for everybody. Um, you know, I am that's why I'm a Ravenclaw and not a southern because I like creating for me and making free things to make me happy. So just be careful of that um kind of movement that we have in America that you need to turn everything into a
1: so before we transition and thank you for those i mean seriously i think you know i i i know i kind of say it glibly on the podcast but i think it takes a lot of courage to do a lot of a what you just did but also be what you do kind of generally throughout the potter community social media that i see which is to not just speak kind of openly and, and honestly about your perspective on on how to be more fulfilled and 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 less drained by what you're doing but also I think the step before that which most people don't see which is to actually go in, into into well, you I was about to, say to go into yourself which god that would cause a content warning um but to to, to really to to actually kind of Search through your own thoughts and feelings and figure out what works for you and what doesn't. And if there is a lot of what isn't working, really digging into the why and, and figuring out how to either change it, remove it, correct it, adjust it—like that isn't easy. Like that's not something that you know. I, I you know, we can say it in two sentences, and that is what it is. But that that's a hard task. And so, you know, I, I I'm really appreciative of not just you, but you're the one we're speaking to. So I will say you right, like your ability to do that because. Um, that's not something that I, 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 like, I, like we all get on Instagram, we see people kind of being a lot more honest and open and, and just caring nowadays in the community and like, we can applaud them and that's great. But like, think about what you're applauding, right? It's not just that they put, were able to put together a post with a couple of nice sentences, right? That's great. That's wonderful. I love that. But that's just the surface level of so much more that goes beyond and behind it. And I think that, that deserves calling out and recognition too. So. Thank you.
2: Thank you for pointing that out. Yeah, there's so many great um, resources that you can, you know, if you're wanting to soul search, dive into. There's, you know, different Enneagram is I think Enneagram Enneagram is really big right now. You can do the Myers Briggs and um, there's books that you can read. Um, if you're struggling, struggling creatively, I would suggest Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. It's, Amazing. And he talks a lot about um, creative burnout and doing stuff just for you. Um, and if you want to talk, you can reach out to me. I'm all here. Jump into my DMs if you need to uh, have a full protein buddy.
1: So before we dive, Danny, into some Harry Potter questions, I do want to point out a couple things that are really important for listeners to know, which is that. Uh, I have been listening to all of the Creating Magic episodes as well as tonight's recording with my Bose Quiet Comfort 352 headphones, which, quite honestly, look. I bought these when I was having a panic attack at the Phoenix Sky Harbor Airport, like two-ish years ago. Two, two, yeah, right around two years ago. Um, and they were just, quite frankly, a panic buy. And I needed something just to kind of quell the anxiety. And that happened to be spending a fair amount of money on some headphones. Let me tell you that these are the most comfortable headphones I've ever purchased. I wear them on flights. I wear them to record podcasts. I listen, I wear them for meetings at work. I wear them all the time. They are comfortable. They block out sound. The sound you're getting through the headphones for what you're trying to listen to is top notch. Love my Bose headphones. They're the best. I also want to point out because not one, but two product placements in this episode Danny hopped on the on the Zoom call for this podcast, and what was she drinking? But a delicious caramel-colored, beautiful, beautiful bottle of Dr Pepper. Big fans of Dr Pepper here at Creative Magic. I also
0: That's have really Dr Pepper is.
1: chapstick, and she has Dr Pepper chapstick, which I would have to assume she purchased at the same place I visited last year. Yeah, last year at the Dr Pepper Museum. I'm not sure exactly what they're calling it. But the Dr. Pepper Museum in Waco, Texas, it was incredible. There was Dr. Pepper everywhere. It was really cool seeing the history. It was really cool getting to go to the little soda fountain shop they had um, and have like a root beer float type thing. Um, their little science experiment they had going on over there where you got to see like different colorations. I forget exactly what was going on there, but it was cool. And the person, the staffer who was running the little science experiment was super into it and it was fun. Um so yeah, Dr. Pepper and Bose, a great combination to pair with your, with your Thursday Creating Magic Podcast listening experience. Anywho, back to the potter.
0: All right. So let's start with favorite book, least favorite book. Okay. My
2: favorite book and least favorite book is simultaneously Order of the Phoenix. I love... Luna's and you know gets, gets introduced of course, but I love the DA and meeting the Order of the Phoenix and you know you get more of the backstory and emo Harry Potter drives me absolutely bonkers. And I mean I get it, Voldemort's taking up headspace. It's not all him, but I can't handle emo Harry.
0: What about favorite movie and least favorite movie?
2: I am not a book purist, but I listen to the audiobooks and read a lot more often than I watch the movies. Um, somebody on Instagram or was it in the podcast? I don't Was it in the podcast? Did you guys mentioned the burning? I don't remember. Somewhere in the past week, Somebody mentioned the burrow burning, and I was like, the burrow burns. <laughs> what? No, it didn't. And I had to like go back and find it. So I'm horrible to ask about the movies. Um,
1: the burrow burning, if I'm not mistaken is the scene that occurs right after, quite possibly, one of my favorite scenes in the entire, entire movie movie franchise, which is the really awkward, heavily in, uh, innuendo, heavily insinuated Harry-Ginny fellatio scene, where, for whatever reason, Ginny's tying Harry's shoes. Why is Harry wearing shoes in the burrow at night? <laughs> Question number one. Number two, Ginny, who, at least in the books, is the fiercest, most, you know, fuck you, do-it-yourself kind of girl that I think I've ever seen, is going to tie Harry's shoes. I don't really understand that. And there's the framing of the shot, which has, I don't understand why it's in the movie. It doesn't add anything, but all look, listeners, close your eyes, go with me on a journey you're on a landing on the staircase in the burrow. It's like a 90 degree angle landing where the staircase is coming up one way and then goes off perpendicular another way. And Harry and Ginny are just standing there on the landing. And I forget if she's like, oh, shoes untied or whatever terrible dialogue is there. But all of a sudden, she starts to sink down quite literally either in a squat or to her knees. And the camera starts to go down but, like, kind of stops around, like, Harry's midsection ish, so you can't really see her down there. And that's when, like, the burrow catches on fire and Bellatrix and Fenrir show up and all shit breaks loose. But what the hell is going on? I Look, I didn't know we were going to go down this path tonight. But that scene, good God. It, it, look, it had. She was,
2: she was taking up a new hobby. She wanted to crochet.
1: Oh, oh God. Um, I just. Oh God. Okay, so look, you're not a book purist, and that's fine. That's totally fine. There's no there's no shots or judgment of that, but let me ask are there are there things from the books that didn't make it into the movies that uh, whatever word you want to use, whether it's disappoint, sadden, you wish you saw, however you want to phrase it?
2: Um, the most common one is probably peeves not being in the movies. It's really disheartening. Um so yeah, peas and, you know, house elves in general, kind of that whole
0: storyline. I vote for the creature redemption arc. That one bothers me.
2: Oh, I know. I love it in the books where he's, like, leading them out of the house elves out of the castle. In the battlefield. scene. Um, I probably would have to say, though, my favorite movies are the last two. which just wrapped it all up, though. So the Dancing scene and the tent, I don't understand either. And the kissing scene is god awful.
1: The kissing scene, being which, because there's a lot, there's a lot of bad kissing scenes in the last oh, two. From. Um,
2: Ron and Hermione.
1: Oh, okay. So not the awkward Harry and Hermione portray- uh, uh, Horcrux fucking scene.
2: That was really weird too.
1: Because look, I that one at least kind of adheres more closely to what we get in the books. But it still is just bizarre to see on screen. Um, yeah, Ron and Hermione in the chamber, and then there's the, and look, there's no other word to use. I'm so sorry, listeners. But the ejaculation of water that happens around the chamber as they kiss, or as they stab. No, no, it's not even as they kiss. It's as they stab, as the phallic fang stabs the ring the, the or whatever it was they were stabbing. Like the, 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 the cup whatever it was, it doesn't matter. The point is there was a phallic object stabbing something followed by massive ejaculation of water. All I'm saying is here's actually the conclusion I've come to. Who did the last, was it was it Yates? Yates did five, six, seven, eight? Danny, validate me on that, David Yates?
0: I believe so. <laughs>
1: right, right, because, no, yes, yes. Um, because Coron did three, uh, Mike Newell did four. So it was Yates five on? Either way, Yates was definitely six, seven, eight. He must have not been enjoying interpersonal relations with his spouse, partner, significant other or something during the making of these movies. Because there's a lot of really just blatantly bad sexual innuendo in these things.
0: I'm sorry, Amanda. <laughs> okay. Well, I do have to say... No, I'm
1: done. I'm done. Danny is embarrassed by me. I'm done.
2: Um, On the movie side, aside from some of the questionable plot, I am enjoying the Fantastic B-series, but um, it might be because Newt is so awesome. He just pulls the whole thing. All right. Of course, there's Yumbledore. (laughs)
0: You're just having fun <laughs> seeing, well, for Kristy Stevens' responses. Yeah. I don't think he's gonna take the bait.
1: <laughs> no, Danny already. Question, Danny already told me to basically shut up by saying, "I'm so sorry, Amanda." So no, I'm not. I'm not gracing you nor the listeners with any of my over-the-top takes from here on out. Sorry about it.
2: Come on,
1: Stephen. Let's ask another question. Well, I guess two questions. Who is your favorite professor would be the first question. Second question would be who do you think is a better portrayal of their book representation, McGonagall or Snape? So
2: um first part. I think McGonagall is the most badass, which there is, and she's probably my favorite professor. And I think McGonagall did a better job. Um, I love Alan Rickman as Snape, but if you're going for book portrayal, I mean, Snape's what, mid-20s, early 30s? Well, sure, uh, but that look... Not his I- acting was bad, but...
1: But look, Fantastic as life. as they demonstrated in Fantastic... Well, look, first of all, they did age up a lot of the characters, rightfully wrong for the otherwise. That happened. But secondly, as they proved with the McGonagall drop-in and Crimes of Grindelwald, they're really not afraid to fuck with the overall time continuum of age. So, I... To me, that's... Look, I agree, but for me, I kind of just... yeah, whatever.
2: Yeah. No, I think that, um, McGonagall is the best portrayal of one of the more visible, um, professors in the movies. I mean, Sprout was great and Flitwick, young Flitwick was awesome. Um, That whole thing kind of messes with me, the two different Flitwick, but go. she's a badass and I'm here for it.
0: Which magical form of transportation would you choose?
2: I would apparate all day long. I would get over that basic feeling to just be able to, you know, twist and pop up in California or, well, not currently, but pre-COVID. Apparations all day.
0: And then who would your Harry Potter friend group be? I'm already assuming Luna is listed in there. Yes. I would,
2: um, be a background Ravenclaw, I guess, hanging out with Luna, um, kind of a shout out to the background children, um, art, if you haven't seen that, go check it out, um, but Luna for sure, I think I would have gone along and been a part of the DA, but in high school, you would have found me um, in the library or on the uh, the pitch. So, um, background Ravenclaw, chilling with Luna, being weird.
0: Any other questions, Stephen?
1: Any other questions? He says in a completely composed, non evocative tone.
2: Um, I'm going to be hurt if you don't ask me the Dumbledore question.
1: I prepared. See, Danny, the l- listeners want to hear the fucking Dumbledore question, but you've basically guilted me into into being monotone and non emotive So fine, I will ask the Dumbledore question. Amanda, hello there. Starry Ed one. The Starry Ed one. Not just a Starry Ed one. The Starry Ed one. If you would please... We have now seen, excluding those weird Dumbledore flashbacks that we get where he's like a kid, we have now seen one, two, three portrayals of Albus Percival Wolfert Brian Dumbledore. In ascending order, so from least favorite to favorite, please rank for me your feelings and thoughts on the portrayals of Albus Dumbledore.
2: So Gambon is definitely, am I saying that right? Hand is definitely my least favorite. Um, I, Harry, did you put your name in the goblet of fire? Will forever be one of my triggers. Um, then we have Yumbledore, number two. And um, I can't remember, Harris is my number one. I love gentle, kind hearted Harris version. Wow. Yumbledore, he makes me so happy.
1: This just made me so happy. So, I feel very validated right now. Not gonna lie.
2: Um, Yes, I do think that um, Jude Law definitely gets the twinkle like right on when um, it's described that Dumbledore twinkle in the book. I think Jude Law like personifies that, but um, Harris is definitely my favorite.
1: Yeah, I. I think you're right. I think, and like I, I can even, see. So the thing is with Jude Law, I can hear some like very specific phrases that he said and in my head, I hear them with the twinkle. Like that's how I know, okay, he gets it, right? Like when he, look, and and I don't want to get into why some of the plot mechanics in the movies, Fantasy Beast movies were, were uh, troubling to me. But like when he says like, you know, it's said that they're phoenixes in my family, right? Or like when he's on the on the bridge with New and he has the the air glove and and all that. Mm-hmm. Like, I can hear him and in the intonation, and he just nails that little bit of. It's simultaneously whimsy. It's 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 a little bit like subversive and like like dark, it's but mystique. it's
2: yeah.
1: It's great. He is great. Um, it's that I think je ne sais quoi. It, it's the je ne sais quoi. Exactement. Je ne sais quoi? C'est vrai? Oui? oui. D'accord. Um yeah, he nails it. Um and yeah. And as we've discussed many a time on this podcast, I think Richard Harris, God bless him, would have struggled just given his age and physical condition as the movies went on. But what we do get in those first two is perfect. Um especially especially not no not least of why, because in my mind, I think like let's just go in a world where Michael Gambon was Dumbledore for all eight, and look, I might not be hosting a Harry Potter podcast if that was the case. But let's just right, let's just assume. I think you need that like grandfatherly, soft and kind Dumbledore when they're kids, right? Because mm-hmm. otherwise, he's Gambon is way too loud and rash mm-hmm. of a fence. Exactly right, where. These 11 year old kids could not, they had no shots at any of the kids' acting abilities, although they're not that great, but like they could not have held up against like that type of acting so early on. Um, oh. So look at that, Danny, a guest who comes on and agrees wholeheartedly with everything I say. I love it. We should do this every every week.
2: In regards to Dumbledore.
1: In reg- okay, well, look, he could have just not to that part, but sure.
2: Oh. We're going khakis. I'm sorry.
1: I'll tell you what, as Danny and I have been planning out episodes for the fall here. And this is something I've said for a while now. This is certainly not something that came up recently. It's been something that I've said a lot. I mean, not just I, like Danny and I have both said a lot over recent months. It's like, I am amazed that like you have not been on the podcast up until now, because like we talk either with you and or about you and or have done stuff because of you, like the magic from HomeCon, right, and the help you gave us with the website. Like, You have been very much integral to the podcast from quite literally like episode one or two. Um, And I'm astounded that it's taken us this long to get you on. So It
0: really has. Every time we make a list of who to reach out with to, you're always on that list. And it's always like at the top of the list.
1: Every time.
2: Well, to be fair, we have a lot of amazing people in this community. So Sure. I mean, it's hard to like get through everybody.
0: Yeah, but Absolutely. you're not like a you're not like one of those people we have to reach out to that we have no connection with. So that was like one of the other things that was weird about us not having you on yet is that you're.
1: Yeah, we 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 know you.
0: We know you, and you're going to get a message from us and not question what this is.
1: Yeah.
2: that's a very good point.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. I was
2: there for the. Uh... The La peluca de Harry, you know, epic oh. at Uncelebration. I, I'm one of. I'm one of. Yeah.
1: yeah, that was that was one hell of a moment.
2: Um, going back to uh, Dumbledore really quick. Have you seen uh, Peter the Potter collector and his um, Richard Harris s cosplay?
1: Yes, we have.
2: I want him in his cosplay and his voice to say. Harry, did you put your name in the tablet of fire? Like, I need this in my life.
1: Well, Peter, Peter, I know you've got damn near, I don't even want to estimate how many followers you have because that number is just going to depress me, but I know you've got a lot of followers. But I also know that you listen to this podcast religiously. So when you hear this, Creating Magic Podcast is humbly requesting a video where you don the gorgeous... Immaculate, dare I say, Sir Richard Harris, Dumbledore cosplay robes, beard, and, and, and hat. And and say, Harry, did you put your name in the Goblet of Fire?
2: We need it. We, this community needs it, Peter, please.
1: The community. Look, the community right now is struggling, Peter. COVID has taken people out of work, has left kids home during the summer. J.K. Rowling is doing God knows what with her platform nowadays by the time we release this episode. You know what the community could really need to bring us all together? One 15-second video of you in an immaculate cosplay. That's it. That's it. That'll fix everything. You've you now heard it. our demands.
0: we it. We're here for We need it. On that note, would we like to move into creator shout-outs?
1: Yeah, but I can't go first because I didn't get one ahead of time for this episode, so I'm, I'm behind the ball here.
0: Hey, Steven, do you want to go first?
1: Oh, actually, I do have one. Holy shit, I do have one right as I said that. Don't take mine. I'm not going to take yours. We're good. We're good. We're good. <laughs> we chatted today about that. So my creator shout out for this episode is, so as y'all know, if you follow me and if you don't follow me, why are you still listening to this podcast? Please pause it and go follow me, Muggle and Khakis. Um, I have fallen pretty fucking hard into the pin collecting community. Like like very hard. Uh, now that I'm living at my parents' for the past four months and I have no monthly expenses outside of car insurance and uh, Sid Sketch's, uh Patreon, uh, I've got a lot of disposable income to spend on Harry Potter shit and that's been pins. So my creator shout out for this episode is this incredible little shop. Um the the owner of the shop, the purveyor, the creator. Uh, her name is Maddie. She's a proud Slytherin living in the Muggle world. Exploring magic post one at a time. Nope, nope, exploring magic one post at a time. That that's that those are the words. But her Instagram account is Maddie and Magic. She, aside from taking some really cool photos with a lot of like little like potions, bottles, and, and things of those sorts, is designing some really cool little uh pins. Uh, they're called the Memory Vial series. And all these little memories that are like, you know, different symbols from from the book, from um, from Philosopher's Stone, Sorcerer's Stone for the first set. And she's about to look, by the time we release this episode, she'll probably will have already done her Kickstarter or at least released details about it. But as of the night of recording, which is August 3rd, she's about to release details about her Kickstarter for these pins. And they are just quite simply some of the coolest things I've seen in a long time. So I am super excited to jump on that Kickstarter train. Maddie and Magic, Maddie and Magic, just go look it up on Instagram, smash the follow button. She is great. She seems super sweet. Had a couple little Insta conversations with her just about how much I love her pins. Um, So yeah, that's my creator shout out for today. Amanda, uh, who are you bringing to creating Magic this week?
2: Um, I am going to have three. Uh, First, I'd like to shout out two other Amandas. Amanda Camarada. Um, you can find her at Amanda Camarada or Live Life Full of Magic. She is a um, lettering person, I'm not sure the the word for that, and her work is amazing. Um, for Harry Potter's birthday, she did the cutest little Harry with a happy birthday flag, That's was adorable. Um, my other Amanda that I would like to shout out is Amanda Lav-Lav. Um Magic Under the Stairs. Um, she is an amazing cosplayer and photographer, and um, you need to go follow them both because Amanda's are awesome. And my third creator shout out is Danelle at Dear Danelle. Um, she is part of the um, Harry Potter Teacher Tonight. Um, as of the day of the recording, um, she just posted her second chapter reread and um, everything that they do is all the you know, the reason for them reading is to uh, raise money for the trevor project so um dear danelle is a awesome soul doing good things with other teachers
1: and i want to shout out i'll give a second shout out to danelle here and also to uh, one of her good friends, one of one of the friends of, if not the pod, at least the Harry Potter community, uh, Jill Dawson, um, because, so as I'm quarantined out here with my parents in the middle of nowhere, South Carolina, we happen to live very close to Danelle and Jill. Um, and look, I'm not really venturing outside the house. I've got family who is immunocompromised. Like, I'm not really trying to do something that would possibly kill my family. Um, right? No shots at anyone who's doing things socially distanced in a safe way. Like, that's your choice. That's great. No judgment here. But Like, just not for us, but Uh, Danelle had like brought up a Harry Potter drive in that was happening in the Charleston area a couple weeks ago, and I couldn't go, but she like brought it up to me. I was like, Oh, that's really cool. And then Jill Dawson, um, had just messaged me today about a Harry Potter like bar trivia thing that was happening in the South Carolina area sometime in the next couple weeks, and I can't go, but the thought was very nice, and I very much appreciate people trying to bring community together responsibly in person, but of course, also uh, virtually. So Danelle, Jill, uh, by extension, but of course in and of yourself, um, love y'all both. Thank you.
2: Yes, Jill is amazing. And you can find her at Nifler Adventures.
0: Dropping those tags. My creative shout out is I'm veering a little out of the Harry Potter world. And by little, I mean a lot. There's still magic involved. Steven's giving me a very not pleased look.
1: We didn't approve this ahead of time.
0: Well, you don't edit the podcast, so...
1: Yeah, but... Yeah. All right, look, we'll retroactively talk about this. Go ahead and name your non-Harry Potter shout-out for the episode.
0: I am shouting out an author that I've recently discovered in her new book called Dust that is Peter Pan and magic related. Her name is Kara Peter Swansea. Pan
1: Peter yeah. Pan as in the peanut butter. No. Oh.
0: That's the best peanut butter. What's I wouldn't
1: in it? I, I wouldn't know. I'm deathly allergic.
0: Oh, that's my kid. Don't eat Peter Pan peanut butter. No
1: peanut no. butter for Stephen. I know. So While we're on, while we're really on the Bose and Dr. Pepper train here, I'm sure Peter Pan is a great product, but I personally can't vouch for it. And that's how you know that the products that I vouch for on this podcast are ones that I actually stand behind. I'm not some advertising whore who's just going to be like, hey, we'll we'll take any sort of product here for, no, I only, I only stand for products that I use in my day-to-day life. And those happen to be my Bose QuietComfort 35 II headphones and a nice cold glass of Dr. Pepper. Danny, uh, please restart with your creator shout out for, for this episode because I just kind of broke into a whole little side, side thing there.
0: You did. Her name is Kara Swanson. She can be found at Kara with a K Swanson author. And she just released her new book, Dust, which I have started and I'm all loving it. It is magical and essentially Peter Pan is stuck in London without his magic. And I'm only a few chapters in, but I really like it. So I can't tell you much more than that, but I love all things Peter Pan and I thought it was worth a shout out. And Steven's just not gonna respond to that.
1: I have nothing to say to that. That's great. I, look, <laughs> I'm sure it's a great book. I'm probably not going to read it, but that's nothing that has not, not a commentary whatsoever on the on the author or her work. It's just more of a commentary on me not reading. Um, so yeah, look. If you're in the market for a good book, I recommend the book Dust. I mean, I don't, but Danny does, and therefore, by extension, I do. So there you go.
0: All right, Amanda. Let's hear your handle again.
2: I am only on Instagram and at sorry.ide.1. I'm
0: Steven.
1: This is going to be like, by the time we release this episode, it's going to be like episode like 33 or something along those lines. More than that, Danny's giving me the up signal. We released 30 this past week. So like, look, realistically, we're getting close to episode 40, which means that we're like five-sixths of the way through the content calendar for the year. And if you've been listening to five-sixths of the year's worth of podcasts, and you have not yet followed Muggle and Khakis, what are we doing here, y'all? What are we doing? I mean, look, come on.
2: They might have been confused because they're like, "Why is a, uh, you know, somebody who's hosting a Harry Potter podcast calling himself a Muggle?"
1: Because there's nothing wrong with being a Muggle. Are you all of a sudden elitist against Muggles? Wow,
2: wow! Yeah, you are a breaking
1: breaking news. You're not
2: Muggle-born and khakis. Br-
1: breaking news: Starry-eyed one is elitist and exclusionist oh. against Muggles. You heard it here first on the Creating Magic podcast. Rude.
2: You said Not it yourself. True. I'm just saying there's some confusion there.
1: Um. Yeah. Just go follow Muggle and Haggis. Look, I I put out decent content. It's got a lot of Hufflepuff stuff. It's a lot of merchandise. It's nothing, nothing insane. Like no professionally shot photos or. Cosplays or anything truly like really like impressive. It's just some Harry Potter stuff. That's it. Give it a follow. I mean, or don't, whatever, your life. But look, it's episode like damn near 40 by the time we release this. At this point, you probably should be. Muggling khakis. Out. Spelled.